The Courage to Lead, Episode 97. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Lisa McGuire. Lisa McGuire is a business growth consultant, business storyteller, podcaster, and award-winning communicator. Lisa's love for knowledge led her to start her career in education, and she went on to become one of the founders of an $18 million startup. When Lisa realized her gifts no longer fit into someone else's script, she took the leap to launch her own business in 2018. She helps coaches, consultants, and professional service providers differentiate by integrating who they are into their business through strategy and storytelling. Lisa, welcome to the show. Harlan, thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you today. Oh, this is going to be great. I love, I, I've been out on your, your website um, looking at what you do. The, you have one quote on there that when we follow someone else's script, we lose our voice and hide in the shadows of who we used to be. I love that. Yes, thank you. That is really a powerful um, quote that I, I, I live by. I see that lived out in so many people's lives. They followed someone else's script. They played the game. And then they wake up 20 and 30 years later saying, who am I? So yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, a path I followed and something I help others through as well. Excellent. Well, I definitely want to tap into that. That fits in so well with the courage to lead. So I want to talk a little bit about that, um, how you got started, some of the things you have going on, including your your upcoming podcast. Um, But before we get started, I have 10 questions that I like to ask. Uh, These are questions my listeners will know. These are the questions made famous on the television show Inside the Actors Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from television, stage, and film. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Lisa, if you're ready, I have 10 questions for you. Question number one, what is your favorite word? My favorite word is vision. Nice. What is your least favorite word? Can't. Yes. What turns you on? Helping people see possibilities where they think none existed before. Nice. What turns you off? People who complain and aren't willing to do anything about it. Victims. Yes. Yes. Um, Question five. What sound or noise do you love? The sound of my grandchildren laughing. The giggles. The giggles. And what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, the buzz of mosquito before he lands. (laughs) (laughs) Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Um, it resembles an, uh, an animal that looks like a donkey. Okay. <laughs> that's about as, that's about as far as I go, Harlan. That's good. <laughs> no. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? You know, I always thought it would be so rewarding to be a midwife, to bring life into the world. Um, and, uh, I, I loved giving, uh, giving birth myself. So I think that would be a, um, something I would really enjoy. Nice. Um, what profession would you not like to do? 
Oh my goodness. All right. So it would be a deep sea fisherman in Alaska. <laughs> so it, they are freezing, they are wet, yeah. and it is smelly. And it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah that's watch that show. Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Finally, if God if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You know, I'm I'm gonna go with a different answer than probably what most people will have, but it would be something about you milked every ounce of joy out of life. Nice. I like that. Very cool. Good job. Well, we're gonna come back and talk about that, how you got your start, um, how you made that transition from education into uh, the startup and the work you're doing now and uh, talk about your upcoming uh, podcast. All right. Sure. We'll talk about all this and more right after this. So listeners stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I am back with my guest, Lisa McGuire. Lisa, thanks again for agreeing to be on the on the show. I've been looking forward to our conversation. So tell me a little bit about how the, how you got started how I got started. So, you know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Ohio and um, my mother knew that the way to success in life was education. So it was always a priority in our family. Our summer activities, uh, a lot of them revolved about going to the bookmobile so we could collect okay. armfuls of books and coming back and reading. So, you know, I, I learned about the world through reading. And so naturally when it came time to choose what I was going to do, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I was the first in my family to go off to college. So I went to the local university about an hour away, just far enough to be far enough away, but close enough Mm -hmm. to be home. And I got into education. I was a teacher, ended up um, taught for quite a few years. And then I had an opportunity to uh, become part of a startup and be one of the founders of a private Christian school. it really blended in all of my experience from before of understanding children, understanding how people learn, uh, being able to meet with parents, all of those things, uh, and being able to market. And you know what people don't really realize is teaching is really marketing. You have a group of captive people who don't necessarily want to be there. You've got to deliver a message. You've got to make it engaging. So doing that, and and I became the um, the head of marketing, admissions, financial aid, communications, just a whole lot of hats I was wearing, and really grew the school from a startup to it ended up being about an $18 million operating budget. And wow. the way I did it, the success that happened, all stemmed from being able to have a message that appealed to people. So that's where I got in. Nice. Um, after a number of years, um, you know, it came time for me to walk away from that. But one of the programs that existed in that school was a program that was really quite unique. The board had asked us to differentiate. And so we developed this program that would help children from the age of five and up start to learn 
what were their unique gifts and talents? How were they wired? And then how would that build into a career? Because, you know, at that time, college um, completion rates had gone from four to six years because students were going in mm-hmm. and majoring in things that their parents told them to major in and they didn't like doing it. They got out, they had jobs they hated. Yeah. So this was really exciting um, for me. But walking away from the school, understanding that when I started my business and I went into marketing with a, an emphasis in messaging, um, those same parents who had only a few years ago been sitting across from my desk trying to gain interest to this school that I thought were so put together, when I saw them out in the wild, they really didn't know what was going on in their yeah. business. And so I thought, okay, I can help them. So that's how that's how this all started. Nice. Yeah, I, I know a few people who went into college and got close to a degree and then thought, you know what, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. So they'd start down another path. Now nah, this isn't exactly what I thought it was. They start down another path and they end up either not completing or, or, you know, settling. Exactly. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's another word I don't like settle. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But I like the idea of, of tying in, you know, what you like, what you enjoy, things you learn, and then using that in, in your career. My daughter, she came out to live with us for a while when she first graduated high school. And we told her, go to school, get a, a degree in business. You, mm-hmm. It'll help you in anything, get a degree in business. Well, she didn't like business and she didn't like the, the classes she was taking. So she just, without telling us, stopped going to school. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we said, well, since you've raised your hand and said you're an adult now, there's the door, you know, mm-hmm. go make your way in, in the world. Mm-hmm she decided to go back to school and she went back and got a theater arts degree because mm, she okay. loved theater arts. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, we're going to have to, you know, <laughs> pay for you for the rest of your life. But she actually got an internship at a theater out in California, worked her way up. She's like a general manager now or something oh, like nice. that for the theater. She found what she loved mm-hmm. and she loves everything about the theater and everything she does there. So I think that's, that's key. Not, not enough of us, uh, very few of us, I guess, actually get the degree in, in what we love to do and then follow that. Yeah. I just started seeing, you know, we're here for such a short time. I can't imagine that the gifts and talents that we have are not meant to be used in work. And so what I love doing is helping people discover how to integrate that into their work. So when they get up in the morning, they can't wait to jump out of bed. Um, I, I just think that what a great way to live a fulfilling life. That is awesome. But like you said, you were working for somebody else and suddenly they kind of pulled the rug out from under you, it sounded like. Yes, it was, uh, it was a, a direct pivot. And so um, at that point, shut the program down. Uh, my position was dissolved. And so I was you know, trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? Uh, I, I definitely could have gotten a position at uh, another uh, organization and done the same thing, but it would have been settling, Harlan. It would have been, I could have done it with my eyes closed. It would not have inspired me. And so I knew I was at a crossroads in my life where I could either choose to go do, you know, follow the script, go get a job and work for someone else and let someone else take care of you. Or I could go out and blaze my own trail and figure out what it is I love to do and be able to help other people while doing it. So that's what I did. Uh, And and I haven't regretted it for a moment. No. 
And so do you work mainly with startups or do you work with people who are in business or, or making that career change? What's your sweet spot? So, you know, I think we, here's another quote I have. We heal our hearts when we serve the person that we used to be. Hmm. And so helping people who have been in, let's say a nine to five position, they realize that, okay, you know, there's more to life than this. I'm tired of making money for someone else. I want to take what I love to do and put it into a business. I can make a difference and have my own business. And a lot of people get into it for the freedom and flexibility of being your own boss, right? But as many of us who have traveled that path before, you get in there and you realize I have to be a bookkeeper and I have to manage people and I have to go find and fill my pipeline. And so really helping people who have made that jump from nine to five. Um, Startups are hard. I prefer people who have a little bit of seed money to fund that with, um, Mm -hmm. definitely as as a preference, but also in the early years. So really, I love working with businesses anywhere from 10 million and below. So I'm looking at that. I have a special heart for solopreneurs, but I definitely have several uh, clients that are you know, 10 employees, 10 to 25 employees, we work with that. Um, But my whole goal is to help people build that lifestyle that they want to have where they can find the freedom and flexibility. So that would be my favorite people. A lot of them are coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, and professional service providers. Nice. Yeah, I'm thinking the, the pandemic has probably got a lot of people to start thinking about their career choices and what's available for them. And I know some people who's either the business has shut down now, the business is requiring different things. They've decided, Hey, maybe I should look into doing something on my own. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's, that's going around quite a bit. Um, When you help them, what's the first thing you do? Do you start by getting their, their story? Yes. I love to dig in and find out like, what is their, what has been their journey? What led them to where they are today? And what do they feel in their heart that they would like to do? Um, I think a lot of us don't realize the gems and the treasures we have within, but I can see it in other people when they talk about some of their experiences and really figuring out what it is that they love to do. Is it a viable product that someone would pay for? That's right. that's pretty critical. Critical. Ah, sorry, right. critical. <laughs> uh, and I think you know, Harlan. I'm sure in your role as as well, you find people that come up with something, but nobody wants to buy it. So, sure, <laughs> yeah, we have that. And then helping them figure out, okay, this is what you love to do, what you want to do. It, does anyone want it? And and helping them connect with that ideal client, helping mm-hmm. them create customer or client centric messaging. Mm -hmm. Um, And that builds into my storytelling um, is why I call myself a business story. I storyteller, I believe there are three stories every business needs to tell. And so I help people build those based on where they are in their business. And what are those three stories? So three stories. Uh, first, if you want to get more of the right clients or grow your revenue, you're, you're building a customer story. Okay. So what is the story you're inviting your customer into that they get to experience as a result of doing business with you? What is the transformation you're going to create for them? 
The second story is very timely right now with uh, when you go to a restaurant, you know, you can't get great service. There's a lot of people, you know, they're closing early, things such as that. And that is the story of your business. So why would someone want to come work with you? Why would someone want to come be on your team? So it's the why behind why your business exists. And that is really dealing with your mission of of having a a living mission, not one that, you know, hangs on the wall and nobody knows what it means. Right. And then the third story is the story of you. Um, And we can talk all day long about B2C or B2B, but at the end of the day, it's human to human. Mm -hmm. We do business with people that we know, like, and trust. So how do you become the go-to expert in the marketplace? How do you build that personal brand? How do you put yourself out there authentically to where people say, I like how you think? Can you help me? Right. And so helping them build those three stories. Just, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause um, I did a webinar a few years back. Um, who do you think you're talking to? Because so many people spend so much time on their website talking about me, me, me. Here's how long I've been in the business, how long I've been at this location, how many certifications I have. None of that really matters until you can show the customer or the client, I understand your problem and I have a solution. Absolutely. Now, all things being considered, now that comes into play. If you have the same solution this guy does, but you've been in business for 100 years, I'm going to go with you, right? Yeah. So how do you get them to focus on their story? Yeah. And and I think the the challenge with it is when people talk about business storytelling, they think they're going to tell a story about their business. But really what it is, it's using the science of narrative. Great stories are built with a framework. And we all know when, like, think about if you're going to a movie, back when we went to movies, when you watch a movie now, it starts with a character who wants something. And within two to three minutes, a problem appears. If that is not built into a story that you're telling or a story that you're watching, you're, you're watching as an audience member, it's not compelling. It's not exciting. And so what you want to do is you want to create a story or you want to create a communication that follows a framework in which your listener experiences what's called narrative transportation. It is so vivid. It is so full of detail. It is so rich that they put themselves in the shoes of your character and they experience it as the character would. So that is the challenge of getting people like you talked about, not to talk about themselves on the website. It's really how you build that relationship via a story framework. And I'll give you an example, Harlan. You know, think about, and this happened last year with the pandemic. I had several clients that came to me who up until that time had no real great presence digitally. Their website was okay. And they had mainly just face-to-face networking or they, um, you know, achieved their clients by referral. But when the world, so to speak, shut down, they had to build their digital presence. So what happens is you've got to build a story that works the same way as relationship. So if you and I met at a networking event, most likely you would not come up and ask me for, to be your business partner. Right. It would be a conversation of, tell me a little bit about yourself. 
you know, think about when you meet someone, you want to get to know them, you want to peak interest, then the relationships moves to the next stage. And that's learning more about them, understanding and being educated. And then finally, when you think about someone that you want to be in a partnership with, go on a cross country trip with, or even marry, that's when the commitment comes in. And that's how we need to build our communications within stories. But too many of us go straight for the, will you marry me question? (laughs) When people are, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. What What are you talking about? I just met you. That's why it feels so wrong. Right. Absolutely. No, it, it does. And I like the idea of, of telling a little bit of a story and have the other person go, wow, I'm going through that exact same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that exact same thing you are. Um, I, and I, I know your um, story brand, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I story brand certified. Donald Miller. Yes. Love story brand, Donald Miller. Um, he talks about we as the coach consultant, uh, the service provider, we can't put ourselves out there as the hero of the story because that's really not what the person wants. They want to be the hero. We need to be the guide for them. Yes, absolutely. And when you are the guide, and a lot of people don't really think about this, who in that relationship between the hero and the guide has more power? It's the guide because they have traveled that path before. They say to the hero, here, I'll show you the way. I've been there. I understand come along, follow me. And then when that hero wins, when they transform and win the day, how rewarding is that for the guide to have been part of of that story, to have played a part in it? Yeah. But I I think there are some business owners out there that they they don't want to be in the shadows Mm -hmm. coaching their their customer, their client to be successful. They want to be seen as, because they think that's going to draw more business to them. But I think as a, as a uh, consultant, um, organizational change consultant, I was in the background. I was in the shadows. Things were happening here. It was almost as if I wasn't there. It was transparent. Things would happen miraculously. And they'd look at themselves. The client would look at themselves and high five themselves. And I'm over here in the corner smiling, saying, ah, that worked out, you know, exactly, exactly the way I wanted it to. <laughs> so very cool. Yeah. Well, that's truly serving your client. That's truly serving your client. And that's, that's why you're there. Very cool. And so do you actually help them with their websites then? Do you go in and do an audit of the websites? Yes. Uh, Yeah, definitely do website assessments and audits. Uh, I do marketing strategy. I also have this uh, program called a business growth launch pad of going in and looking at what's going on in your business, what's working and what's not working and advising in that direction. Um, and then when it comes to execution, I do have a whole team that I work with to help people, you know, not only figure out what their message is, but to make their website come alive, to either revamp or relaunch a website. Uh, we also do lead generators, you know, if you need webinar scripts, uh, things such as that. And then those pesky email campaigns that people avoid doing. But as we learned a couple of weeks ago, when Facebook and Instagram went down and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your, your business community was on someone else's platform, that's when we realized the power of email. Your yeah. business is your email list. <laughs> and so helping people make that come alive. Very nice. Very cool. So, so you started off in education and then issues came up and you decided you were going to take a different route. That can be scary for some people. Where did you find the courage 
to say, I'm going to do this on my own? You know, it's interesting. Um, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, Harlan. My parents had six different businesses. And um, my father, I remember when I got my first teaching job, it was in a, a town near where I grew up. And he met with the superintendent and he told them, this is the best hire you've ever made. And so the words spoken into me by people that I knew and loved really made a difference. So that's where the seeds of courage started. And another gift my father gave me, he said, don't let anyone ever tell you, you can't do something. So just those echoes of the words of my father, I've always had the courage to go out there and a lot of times, sometimes I'll be scared to death, um, but I'll take a deep breath. And I think if I take a step out, then I'm on the other side of fear. And so that's where I find the courage to lead. Nice. Because when you lead out of service, then you're not, it's not about you. Um, I'll just give you an example. Over this last year, the pandemic, think about before Zoom how many people would have been hesitant to appear on video? Yeah. But when you realize no one cares about how you look, and if you are considering that, then you're making it about you. You're not making about what your client needs. Yeah. So it's, That's a good it's, point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's words that were given to me, and it's taking a deep breath and just taking a step out. And you get on the other side, it's never as hard as you imagined. Well, it's, it, it seems thinking about it now, it's always, it's easier to be courageous when you're helping someone else. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. if, if you're stepping in front to help this person or, or protect this person, that seems to come a little bit easier for people than doing something for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good point to bring up with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, you know, the, the courage to lead is not just you looking good out there. It's, helping your team, building your, your company and doing it for them, having that courage to do it for them. Yes. And, and, and when you realize that it's not about you and you get more joy by seeing the results and the fruits of your labor, you just can't compare. Yeah. That's awesome. So how many people do you have working with you or for you? Uh, right now, I have uh, probably six to eight people, whether you need an SEO person, whether you need videographers, copywriters, uh, I've got web developers that I work with. So that's all within that realm. Um, and then, of course, I've built up a network that one of the things I love doing, I'm a natural connector. Nice. Um, I love asking people, who do you need to meet and see if I have my digital Rolodex of someone I can make an introduction to. Nice. So if I was to bump any of these people you currently work with or have worked with in the past and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? You know, I've received some of that feedback recently, Harlan. Um, people would say I am wise, I am a nurturer, and I empower others. Nice. That's a good combination. I try. Yeah. <laughs> Because I think that's what it's all about. Uh, being a leader is uh, our job. Our role is to create more leaders, not more followers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Leadership for me was never about power or position. 
it's about helping others become more of who they can be. Yeah, absolutely. My wife does that really well. I've, I've seen her on other projects as a consultant. She'll have junior consultants working on her team and she tries to groom them and get them out in front as much as possible. Let them get the, the limelight, let them have the big meetings with the CEOs to kind of launch their careers. And uh, she has done that for so many people and it's, it's exciting, you know? That it's is exciting. wonderful. That is wonderful. And you know what else it's about? It's about legacy. Mm-hmm. Because after we um, disengage with relationships with people, there's a piece of us that we leave in all of the people that we have led. And so it's a way to make your existence still continue after you're gone. Yeah. So that's how I like to look at its legacy. Nice. Very cool. So with the leaders that you currently work with, what is it they're, they're lacking or what, what courage are they lacking that's holding them back? You know, it's funny, Harlan, when I first start working with people, a lot of times it's dealing with uh, there's an issue in their marketing and they're trying to, you know, get more leads or they're trying to become more of an authority. And invariably, what holds them back is not what to do. It's not how to do it. It's the stories they tell themselves. Mm. So when I, when I work with folks on personal branding, I've got another story uh, saying, there's the stories we tell the world, mm-hmm. there's the stories we tell ourselves, and there's the stories buried inside of our souls. Mm. The stories we tell ourselves are the stories that have lived with us for decades that we created to protect ourselves when we were worried about getting hurt. So that is one thing that I kept seeing trip like these really very professional people, amazing experts would just not be able to move forward. And so I wanted to help them so desperately. I thought, okay, I've got to find something that can work. And so I went out and found this tool. Um, it is based on the book called Positive Intelligence. It's been translated into 20 different languages. Hundreds of thousands of people all over the world use this system. And I run a mental fitness boot camp. It is a seven-week program to help people understand the stories they're telling themselves and how to get back control of their brain rather than brain controlling them. Nice. And so really identifying the saboteurs that get in your way and minimizing those and then you become the one that has the courage to move on and do what you need to do. And that results in, you know, better predictivity, higher sales, better relationships. You live longer. There's mm-hmm. such an amazing impact from doing that. So I know that's not marketing strategy, but it really is controlling your brain and how you think it's, so you can go yeah. live that full potential life. It's huge. Tapping into the sage. I'm actually going through the PQ uh, steps right now, uh, awesome. <laughs> and you don't, you don't realize like the, the book says, you know, you, you start off, you have these saboteurs that are helping you, right. And <laughs> younger, right. They're helping yes. you. And then at some point they stop being a help. They're holding mm-hmm. your back, their hindrance and uh, listening to the little voice in the back of your mind that says, Oh, you'll never be good enough for this. Oh, see, I told you you wouldn't yes. be good enough for this. And how to get over that and that having that positive attitude, being able to spin those things mm-hmm. around to how can I make the most of this 
uh, opportunity. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I found, uh, and I find this with very competitive people, the hyper achiever, they think it makes them better when really it is holding them back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those two. (laughs) That was mine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm loving that training. That's good. Good stuff. Um, so you had a podcast, um, Mm -hmm. you're the co-host of a podcast business growth insiders, and you're getting ready to launch a new podcast. Tell me a little about that. Just tease it. You don't have to tell us. Yeah, anything. just tease it a tease little bit. It. Yeah. You know, when we, when we work in our business, some things have seasons. So it came to the time, it was the end of the season to, to really pack that one away. And what I love to do, and this will not be uh, any surprise to anyone who knows me or have listened to this podcast so far, is I love understanding what is your passion? How does that tie in with your purpose? And how does it look when you show up in the world. So this podcast and and my strategy on this is I'm going to get about eight episodes in the books. Uh, Go ahead and get those recorded and you as a podcaster can understand that. So I'll get a little bit of breathing room and it will be solo um, sessions and it will also be uh, interviewing some folks in those three areas um, and be able to share that with the world. And I think it's really timely, Harlan, because, you know, as you alluded to a little bit, right now, this, this pandemic that we've experienced, a lot of people had time to get off the hamster wheel long enough to look up and say, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm not going to do this anymore. This is not the life I signed up for. And so, you know, that's led to a lot of people jumping ship, uh, calling it the great resignation, where we had 11 million people leave their jobs earlier this year. Um, But really, what is it that you want to do with your life? What legacy do you want to leave to the world? And so that's what the new podcast will be about. Nice. Yeah, a lot of people think, I don't want somebody else having control over what I do, right? Um, Right. So finding their passion is huge. Passion is a huge thing for me. I think if, if you can always feed that passion and, and chase that passion. Right. I think that that keeps us all motivated and going love that. Very cool. And so when do you think that's going to launch? Uh, We're looking at January, 2022. Nice. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. So uh, recommendations for say entrepreneurs that are just starting off. Do you have any words of wisdom for them? Yes. Um, Start with a plan. Don't jump into what you see your competition doing. Um, Definitely start with a plan. Decide decide where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? And then backwards engineer that. I would encourage them to find a mentor that they can bounce ideas off of as well. Perfect. And as soon as you can afford one, hire a coach. It'll be the best money you've ever invested. (laughs) I'm going to put that on repeat as a little loop, maybe subliminal in the background or something. (laughs) That'll be your audiogram. Exactly. No, I, um, speaking to a a guy who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, um, he helps people with their business presentations. He said, Mm, the worst thing you could do is when you're getting ready to do a presentation is open up PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Don't start there. Start with what do you want out of this? Exactly. What is the goal? What do you want people to walk away knowing or learning or understanding? Start there, work back, and then start creating. And I think business has to be the same way. What is it you want to do? What do you want the business to be? If the goal is to build a business you want to sell, you're going to structure it a little bit differently. 
If yeah. it's something you want to leave as a legacy, you're going to do things differently. So what exactly do you want out of that? And then put a plan together. Absolutely. Yeah, wise, wise advice. Yeah. Good stuff. So Lisa, this has been awesome. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? What, what is your website? My website is lisamaguire.com. That's L-I-S-A-M-C-G-U-I-R-E.com. Very cool. And you're also available on LinkedIn and Instagram. LinkedIn and Instagram are probably my two preferences. I am on uh, Facebook as well. Not, not on as much though. Okay. Very cool. Well, I will make sure all of those links are in the show notes so people can reach out to you and connect with you. Um, again, your, the new podcast will be launched sometime in January. So we'll be looking for that. Um, and I will absolutely help you promote that. Just let me know and we'll get that out as soon as we can. But uh, yeah, this has, been, this has been great. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Harlan. I've enjoyed the conversation and uh, look forward to many more. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do it again. Once you get the uh, the podcast launched, we'll have you back on and see how things are going. Perfect. All right. Listeners, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.